off top today special guests very very special guests the one and only mina Kimes. hey buddy nobody ever hears us talking to each other so what a great and novel opportunity you're the first guest i mean charlie doesn't count as a guest because he's like part of the show you're the first guest in the history of the show what david on david yeah that's a bonus show that doesn't count First oh. guest. David's never been on the actual show. He's on the bonus, the in-betweeny. He's on the in-betweeny <laughs> show. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, it's an honor. It's an honor. Um, I felt like I had to reciprocate, given that you come on my show, The Meaning Time Show, featuring Lenny. Check it out, Robbie Gear Bods, uh, every Tuesday. <laughs> I think anybody who's on this show already knows about your show. But anyway, the reason why, <laughs> why you are here is not a great reason or, I mean, it's... The Deshaun Watson thing and uh, reading about it, it seems like we all in media kind of have the same feeling as like, guess we got to deal with this now. I know. <laughs> that was kind of the text I sent you this morning that precipitated this conversation is like, how are you going to handle this? I don't exactly know the right way to handle it. I think ignoring it is or just pretending like it's another day, another game is the wrong way, obviously. So, I mean, I guess the first question, uh, first kind of topic I think is important to dive into is just kind of recapping, I guess, where we are and what got us to this point. And so please correct me if I miss anything, but the major points of this are Sean Watson wanted to get traded. Then the allegations came out. And, and he ended up sitting out without ever being on any official list or having any suspension. Uh, the grand jury decided not to go with any criminal charges, which gave the green light. And we can talk about whether that was a good thing or bad thing. Um, gave green light to all the teams to go after him. He then signs with um, he rules out the Browns, but then signs with the Browns because the Browns offered him a fully guaranteed contract before uh, civil case or settlement or um, punishment or any of that is determined all through this process. There are more and more women, which I think the number got up to 26 women who uh, made allegations of, I guess I never even said what it was. It's like uh, sexual assault allegations throughout this process. Um, he gets suspension. He appeals and the league appeals ends up with 11 games. Here we are today. That's about it. Yeah. I um I believe all but one of the women have settled. Actually, I, I, there was another lawsuit that surfaced in mid-October. I don't know what the status of that one is. It was with a different mm -hmm. lawyer, but of the original um women who sued, one Lauren Baxby who came who wrote about it uh in the Daily Beast, her decision not to settle her frustration with how the story has been discussed in the media. Um, I don't know what the status of that is, but to the best of my knowledge, that's still unsettled. Um, but yeah, that also, you know, I think uh, sort of closed a chapter from, from the team's perspective in some ways. Um, and yeah, that is where we are now. I, well, I just, what you just said though at the end, which is you didn't say what it was. I, that's kind of be kind of my first question is how is this going to be represented during football games um it has been brought up a couple times thus far this season but it uh, the first time i think it was during a thursday night game there was talk of the him his suspension but the it was the announcers didn't say why he was suspended 
Um, so I'll be very curious to see in this first game, obviously against Houston, where there's, you know, uh, it's a pretty potent game for since that is his old team that he wanted to force his way out of. I'll, I'll just be curious to see how it's discussed because that's something that I think we can talk about the media and how they co- struggle to cover the story. That's something that has really been an issue with football for quite some time is how these types of stories are discussed during games. Yeah, I think that's the that's probably where we should focus. And I, I guess this is how you become part of the problem or I become part of the problem is like you start to paper over these things and just say the allegations or say his name and not what what he's actually accused of. And I think it's the I think Busby is planning on the lawyer who's representing the, the women, in, including uh, Baxley, is planning on bringing the women to the game, which uh I thought was interesting because that brought into my mind, like, will they show them? And my guess is probably not. How will they talk about it and how the media handles this is important because um, one of the articles that you forwarded me was, um, I forgot who it was by. It was in the athletic. I can look it up now. Caitlin Collar. Yeah. Yeah. That it talked a bunch about like the, the gist of it was, we didn't learn from this <laughs> or what did like as players, as fans, as league, it's what happened is not, a, not in our control, but how we deal with it is in our control. And yeah, I guess that's what I think is probably more important for us to talk about is like, what did we learn from this? How did we handle it well? And how did we not handle it well? And what should we do going into this game? Well, I think to your point, acknowledging the presence of the women would be, I don't think it's going to happen. I would be shocked if it does, by the way. Um, I would, I, I think that's something that's pretty significant because I think it's why they're there. I've seen people express confusion. What's the point of this? To me, um, it's pretty clear. Um, these women have, and Baxley wrote about this, are clearly, they want to be remembered. They want people to acknowledge these claims when it has been, you know, ignored, especially obviously during the season, granted Watson hasn't been on the field. You don't go, you know, the, the common refrain that comes up a lot with this case, oh, they just want money. And setting aside the fact that there were claims from women who did not sue for money, who did not go on the record, you know, uh, Jenny Vrentis at the time, still a lot of reporting on that. Um, to me, like this is, you don't show up for something like this after you've settled the vast majority of them because you want money. You know, it's, I mean, I'd be curious to see what they have to say, why they're there. But from the outside, it seems to me, uh, just a, a desire to remind people of what happened in the face of like a willful forgetting. Um, and I guess I, I don't want to be like too like navel gazy, but like, I think us figuring out how to handle this is part of the reason why I text you this morning. And part of the thing that's important to me is like, I want to handle this properly. I want to do my part to bring the attention that needs to be brought to this uh, at all cases. And I, I think you and I had another text or this might have been a phone conversation a few weeks ago, just in general about how it feels like when you are uh, a minority, that <laughs> you can't, you have to take, these opportunities and you can't pass and it feels like an obligation often and like in this case it falls on you like as a woman in football and like one of the most prominent women in football it's like i'm sure because i know i feel this is like when there are issues with black people it's like all right i got to 
I like I I felt a bit of relief uh with with the Jeff Saturday situation because I was like I'm just gonna tell people he's my friend <laughs> and I do not feel like yeah. if anyone else wants to jump out there and fight uh about um racial injustice I will be there with you I'm not going to to um try to pretend like it's not something that happened but in this case goddamn I'm tired like I'm tired and uh. So like it, it doesn't fall on me when it's issues of domestic violence or um, sexual assault. People don't look to me as like I have to speak to that. But I also kind of feel like when I want people to speak up for me, like these are opportunities that I need to speak up for them. And sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but also what pops into my head is like you also get this other push that I don't like feel compelled by. But when do you allow for the page to be turned because people bring up Tyreek Hill and I talk about Tyreek Hill all the time and I never talk about the things that he's done and, and been accused of and like this he's not the only one so I yeah I'm sorry I, I wish I had a more definitive sharp point to bring to this but I it's something I struggle with it's something I struggle with too I've written about this with Tyreek Hill um and where I've kind of landed with that story um People don't like if you bring, but people don't like if you bring any of this stuff up because people want to just enjoy their football and uncumbered, if, especially if the player is very good, like Terry Kill. Um, you know, for so I get there, there are probably people who don't even know what happened or the accusation. I mean, well, in his case, um, he pleaded out it, before he was drafted to domestic violence, strangulation. Uh, his girlfriend is pregnant at the time. The police report is out there. There's a lot of documentation on it. Um, and you know, I, I, that story as it evolved when he was drafted, there was outrage at the first year there, and there was, you know, additional issues that arose involving his kid. Um, and now we're at a point because he's been so dominant, people hate it when you bring up, that's just what happens in, in this, in football. And the way I feel about talking about it is, um, I talk about him in a strictly football context all the time. I feel like, however, at a certain point, when you talk about these guys beyond just he did this on the field, if you're talking about them, their lives, their careers, that's when it has to be brought up. And I think if you talk about Tyree Kill and you talk about his, you know, beyond just what is happening in this game, it has to be brought up. Now, to go back to Watson, I think at this point, we are still in the point where this is very much a part yeah. of his career. It is, you know, I mean, this is... It does have to be brought up. No, that doesn't have to be brought up, obviously, in every game, in every moment, in every play. But when you're talking about him and the suspension, you got to say why. You got to say what happened. You got to give an accounting. And, and I think we're at a point, by the way, we're forget even acknowledging what happened. I am still shocked by the number of people who are who didn't read all of the stories and aren't familiar with all of the allegations. Like when I say what I said to you, which is, yeah, there are women who didn't sue for money. I would say like, I feel, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you feel like at least 80% of the people in our business don't know that? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I think you're probably you right. didn't read the stories who don't care? I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think that's a fair assessment is because uh, we don't want to be confronted with this. And I don't think that people read all the stories and read all the reports. They take um, the general gist of it and then put it into like this, cookie cutter mold of how you think what you think of Deshaun Watson he is he represents this thing what you think of the women they represent this other thing and all of this represents a distraction from what you 
care about most, which is the game. So yeah, to the degree that they can move past that, I think people want to. And that's it's another challenge is like our job is to entertain and that's what we're what we're here for but i've always said that like the i don't know the best it sometimes feel like our job is inconsequential or at least i can speak for myself like sometimes it feels like it's inconsequential and like as painful and sometimes as difficult as these moments are it's like all right you want to do something of, of consequence like this feels like the closest thing you can get to like having some like real legitimate um impact on society because particularly when we're talking about issues of race, it's like, no, the people who are watching and listening to me, the vast majority of them are not seeking out uh, um, think pieces on uh, reparations or whatever. Like, and the same thing is true for this is like, we are talking to a cross section of America. That's more representative probably than any other audience you can find anywhere. It is like, yes, we should as a whole, sports media and sports in general like we are small pieces of it but like we have an influence on culture and like to the degree that we stand up and remind people that this is bad remind people what is happening I, I like i think it it matters and i think you made that point to me talking about I, one of the times i was very like discouraged and we talked about this and you kind of made the point to me that yeah all these little things do pile up and they do have an impact eventually just because it doesn't um, like enact the change that you want when you want it. It doesn't mean that it's not having a, a, um, an impact. I mean, I, I just remember when this story was really, you know, with the suspension and all of that was in the summer and the signing um, was really occupying. It was, it was forefront for all of us. Um, I don't know, just even seeing you talk about it on television, I hit you up and I was like, the, just the fact that you talked about it, I, I know that there are people, certainly women, but I know that there are people who aren't women who also are really affected by these issues too. Just seeing someone on TV who gives a shit is so meaningful in some any capacity. And it, it it's, you know, there's a lot of people who don't want to hear about it. I mean, even us having this conversation, like it, it's it's always easier to not talk about it. It's always easier to go about our days Um and just kind of ignore it. And, but if, you know, it, it does mean something to people to feel like it's not being brushed aside. And, and again, like, by the way, what we're talking about isn't even condemnation. We're talking about simply acknowledging the story, the, the accusations, simply acknowledging some of these details. Um, it's just not going to happen. And, that's, you know, I'm not asking, you know, like, I'm not out here saying like, oh, that you know, we we acknowledge that the, the grand jury didn't charge him. We acknowledge the there were women who alleged that, you know, he harassed or assaulted them or whatever and didn't sue for money. It's it's the acknowledging that matters because that's what gets swept under the rug, just the actual laying out of information. All right. Well, um, are there any other details that like I think we we spelled out a bunch of the details and we talked about how we don't acknowledge details. So I would hate for us <laughs> to do this piece and then not um, acknowledge any of the details that, that uh, aren't getting talked about before we move on. I think I would just encourage everyone to read the, we talked about Jenny Francis's reporting on this issue because 
Um, you know, this gets presented so much as just a he said, she said, and there's so much more than that. I mean, a lot of these women um, did talk to people at the time. There are, you know, messages. There's a lot of, um, yeah, with the case with cases like these, and this is part of the reason why I think there's a lot of stigma in this profession and some um, attendant danger for women because it, there it's not it happens between one on one between two people behind closed doors. It can often be feel like well we'll just never know. But the reality is if you look at the reporting, there is a ton of information out there. Um, and you know, as I as I, I keep emphasizing this, there are also women who did not sue. I, I went back, Dominique, and I looked at um, when this, the suspension came down, and I was I think I, I I tried to emphasize that point on I think it was around the horn. I, I was talking about uh, the reporting in the New York Times and the mention of the women who had almost identical stories who didn't sue for money. And I looked at the replies, and it was so many people being like, "These are money grabbers," and I was like. Literally, it's a one minute video, people. It's a one minute video. So that's kind of why I keep stressing that because I just can't, I feel like it's not, that has not gotten home with people. Um, and that is not to, you know, confirm guilt or innocence. It's just information that I feel like was not out there. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of other stuff in the story that's interesting and that we could spend time talking about. Like, I mean, given my union background, like I find the suspension yeah. and all that stuff uh, a sticky place to be in a challenging thing, because that was the one time when I felt myself like pulling back from like all the fervor to like run him out of the league, because I understand that like what people are fighting for in that case, I understand the motivation. But what you're fighting for is like more power for the league to act unilaterally. And that is never a good thing because there will be a time when that's different. But I mean, I, I don't think we need to waste any time talking about that. And honestly, I'm not sure that we need to waste time projecting how good he's going to be or what he's going to do well, on the field. I, like, I do want to ask you, though, how you plan to talk about him on the field, because that's something that I haven't quite figured out myself. So, like, I did my pod this week. We didn't talk about this game because it's the Texans and the Browns. But, um, you know, there's a chance that he'll play in meaningful games. I mean, you know, Jacoby Brissett did hold down the fort way better than I expected, which make this team, I don't think they're likely to make it to the playoffs, but they're going to be, they're going to play in relevant games. I don't mm -hmm. know if they have any night games. God, you got to think the NFL would be smart enough not to do that. But um, yeah, but my question for you is like, okay, let's say you're on get up tomorrow and you're asked to talk about Deshaun Watson's debut. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, I think tomorrow it's easy um, because you can go ahead and say, like, if if um, if get up is the example, Greeny is going to set it up and say all the facts. If he does not say those, then that's that's my response It's like, well, it's first it's important to for us to know what he's returning from. Like, he's not coming back from injury. So like, I think that's that's the first place you start is like. He's coming back from a suspension as a result of being accused of sexual assault. Um, like, and I think if part of it is like, if anyone who is setting this up, I think has to do that. If it, if that's done, then I feel like it's done. I don't have to do that then. So I think it's important. And we have pre-show meetings and all this stuff. I think it's, and I'm sure I know you're outspoken and outspoken in all those. I think it's important that whoever the host is like, yeah, you have to set this up. And Laura does a great job. And then she's really good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys can feel free to like, we can get into the analysis. 
all you want. I think the harder question to ask is like, when do you stop? Because some people feel like their job is done or some people feel like the job is done after this one game. And yeah, there is no actual cutoff, (laughs) uh, you know, but I guess to your point earlier is like when you're talking about on the field, you're talking about on the field, when you're talking about life and career, that's a good line. Tone is the other thing, though. So that's that's where it's going to be. I'm just speaking perfectly, like just from the heart for me. That's where it's going to be tricky for me because I don't know. I love watching football players do amazing things. And I like to feel or like to believe rather that that comes across in my analysis. Like I I know like if you go back and watch me talk about Deshaun Watson before all this, I was dazzled. I was like, oh, my God, this magician look at him do that. And so I'm like, damn. Let's say not not now, but let's say in a year when he comes next year, let's say he returns to form. You know, I'm not going to go and rehash the details when, when I'm talking strictly on the field. I know that I'm not going to. When I talk about his to your point, when we to what we've discussed, when I talk about who he is in his career, I will. But like, how is it going to feel? How am I going to sound? Can I take joy in the football, or will I just be pretty? cut and dry this is what happens i don't know dominique like i have no idea how that's gonna feel i do i was trying to figure it out for me it's like i do with tyreek hill and i think part of that is because i wasn't in media when that was like like i I wasn't as involved when that was a big deal and i didn't feel entrenched you know and so like my true introduction to tyreek hill was like he was balling and like I don't know. It reminds me a lot of the conversations that people have about like artists, music artists is like. Um, the art and the artist. Yeah. When I listen to Michael Jackson, like I, I don't. And for whatever reason, maybe I have so many memories tied to it, but like, I'm not a big music guy. I don't listen to music on my own very often, but like when Michael Jackson's on, like, I don't feel repulsed, you know? Um, and there are plenty of artists that I don't like, so it's easy to not listen to them, but I'm thinking of artists that I do listen to. And I do like, but like when R Kelly's music comes on, like, honestly, it's more like, you're just like, I think also because a lot of his music, <laughs> the lyrics are very closely tied to like some of the things that he's done. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'm like, Oh, this ain't right. And so, yeah, it's, it's emotional. It's a feeling. I'm not sure either a year from now or two years from now, uh, how i don't know how i feel about any of that but he's he's not gonna all of a sudden start sucking at football i know like you know for me talking about ben roethlisberger um you know when i became an analyst was in the downturn of his career so i think it was easier in some ways um you know i talked about what he did on the field i talked about when they had success again it was you know (laughs) in the uh decline but i also know I've, I never, I'll just be straight up. I, I never enjoyed watching him play. Just, I don't know. Maybe this is, this will be clip and somebody will be mad about it. I don't give a shit. Like I, I just didn't. That's me, me and the person. But when I talked about it, I talked about the football. Um, and maybe that came across. I don't know. I don't, I, I like to think I was pretty just, you know, straightforward about analyzing the football, but I'll be curious to see if I feel similarly. I don't know. I won't know until it happens. And then I, you know, I talk about it. I do know I'm not going to, I, I, I certainly, the tone for me will probably be a little bit different because, you know, that I'm a human being and yeah. just is what it is. 
for me, also, it's like I am imagining to the point that you made earlier. And when I was discouraged about like being outspoken about a lot of issues and like I have regrets, not in this case, but I have regrets about being too aggressive with like Aaron Rodgers on COVID. Like I have regrets about being too aggressive sometimes. And like I try to be a little bit more careful about that Mm -hmm. stuff now. But I think if I'm being completely honest, part of what I'm doing is because what you said. And it's not just because of what you said. It's something that I'm aware of is that there are people watching this who feel like no one's speaking for them and feel left out and feel like disrespected. And, and I'm like, I don't know. I, I, as of now, I, maybe it'll be different in two years if I have to analyze Deshaun Watson. But I still think that there are people who are watching this and who will feel like, I don't know who will feel seen, even if it's like I don't flip out on them. And when Deshaun does something spectacular and again, like if Tyreek Hill as the example is like, maybe I should be more conscious of that, too. But it's just I think that's what's in my mind is like, I know there are more people annoyed by us talking about this than there are people appreciating it. But whatever, like feeling that I have of like accomplishment or pride is so much stronger than listening to the people upset. It's like, you know what? There's somebody at home that like feels seen. That's a football fan that feels seen right now and appreciates that we're spending the time talking about it and we're not going to let our network or anybody else just gloss over it as if it's nothing. And the intersectionality aspect of it is big. I mean, just speaking from a woman, you know, it, 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 it hits, like it's just different. You know, it's, it's, it, it makes you feel less, and I, I know you can speak from this too, uh, obviously over the last few years too, you just feel a little bit less alone and you feel a little bit less like, if not me, who, which is something I have felt a lot talking about these issues over the years. I feel less that way when I see other people who aren't women talking about them. The race part of this too is something that like comes up is like, I was over the top for Deshaun Watson because He's a black quarterback and he was doubted coming in and he was doubted for the black quarterback reasons. And then like you brought up intersectionality, like that's yeah. The, the women in this are like women and minority women and all that stuff. And Deshaun Watson, I've said before that one of the best things about this job is like older black men stop me on the street and like, <laughs> ESPN. Yeah, they call me ESPN and they're like, keep doing your thing, young blood. Keep telling them what they what they need to hear. It's like I represent them. And it's a similar thing in that those voices weren't heard for such a long time or not yeah. feel like they could say the things that they could that they're supposed to say. But with Deshaun Watson and with Kyrie Irvin sometimes is a portion of that of that um group, uh they don't want to hear it. <laughs> they yeah. they just don't want to hear it. And it's it's a it's a tough place to be. And I mean, I, it's a weird place for me to act like I'm trying to get some sort of sympathy here, but we're talking about no. like how all this, stuff I get is. it. It's like very, very personal. Fortunately, we're in a place where there are plenty of black quarterbacks for me, the champion right now, or I don't know about plenty, but there are enough, but I, I, I do just like, I don't know. No, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like, uh, being like a politician and being like, well, how does this, 
how does this go with my base or whatever? You know, it's just kind of, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. it's like a weird. It's nature. It's, it's human nature, I guess. Right. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear you on that as well. Yeah. I don't feel that same amount of pressure just because um, the people who consume me, like, you know, my audience is pretty similar to your audience, yeah. you know, for the most <laughs> I know. part. It's, I mean, I, I love my female listeners, but they're the minority, you know? So it's um, in some ways. Yeah. I, I think we both know how things will hit or kind of the reactions will get a lot of the time. And, and I think to kind of, this has been very navel gazing, but whatever. Um, a lot of this is like in deciding how to talk about when to talk about whatever is to your point, knowing that it's not, it's, it's, um, it's, you're going to get a negative reaction from certain people and being okay with that. Yeah. But I mean, the, the one of the things that has made me feel better about all of this is that it does feel like we're not alone or I, at least yeah. I hope that you feel that because I know how it feels when they play ask a black guy something happens and people call <laughs> me and it's like I feel for a moment like I feel alone but I always know that you're coming through eventually to support what I said on a different show or a different platform um Bomani and like other people and Pablo and like other people like-minded people and you're not like while we are in the minority uh, of talking about it and while most of the people who are watching don't want to hear it like it feels good to be there together and feel like there's some group who is on your side and you can call and when you don't feel like dealing with it uh, an issue happens I'm chilling because I'm like all right you know what me and I'm not gonna let this one go by <laughs> I don't have to get on the <laughs> internet and fight everybody for it so for whatever it matters I appreciate you and um oh, everybody else who is doing this stuff and I do appreciate you but you also annoy me because you do it <laughs> in a way that makes me feel like a coward and then I'm like damn it I gotta step up be more you're the one like doing that. a podcast on this this week I didn't um yeah look well, I, I don't know I think like just navigating this as it as it goes picking our spots figuring out what's important to say what you just said by the way but something that you the fact that a lot of these women were not white is another thing that I think has been lost in all of this so just remembering these important details and then um you know doing what again just to bring this kind of full circle to what we started with what the reason why these women are going to the game you know is to just remind and acknowledge and um to some degree validate so i think it's pretty pretty important that you're doing that all right well we'll see how it goes we'll see how we feel next week and we will talk about this stuff as it goes forward and i'm sure there'll be something new and anyway thanks again for joining us uh or for joining me and thanks christina and addy for making this happen bye bye check out my podcast you want to listen to hear me and dominique talking about kenny pickett <laughs> <laughs> yes talk nice about quick release good old football kenny pickett's getting better guys <laughs> This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right. So, you know, who is not looking forward to see Josh Allen is New England Patriots. So we got a good Thursday nighter or an interesting yeah. one, at least. It may not be close. Uh, their playoff game. That was the last time they played, right? The playoffs last year. Uh, yeah. And Josh Allen threw for six touchdowns on them. So maybe this game might not be close, but it's at least interesting. It's one that I want to tune in and watch. Yeah. I mean, I actually think. 
seeing how Josh Allen plays against the best defense in football statistically is going to be incredibly illustrative for the rest of the year because we are starting to have enough evidence mounting that injured Josh Allen is not as good as the Josh Allen we saw at the beginning of the year that's concerning to take them serious as a contender. I look at the line. They're four-point favorites against a team that cannot score in New England. And so Vegas agrees that this is not the same Buffalo Bills from earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, I, you snuck statistically in there when you said the best defense because, yes, the Patriots defense is really good, but the stats are somewhat skewed by the opponents that they've faced. If I have to pick a defense, like, yeah, that's a nice rhetorical trick you did right there. Statistically, the best defense in football. But if you had to pick a defense to win you a game coming up, I don't know, they'd be the fourth, third, right. fourth defense you choose. And especially coming off that game, uh, you saw what the Cowboys defense did to the Vikings. And yeah, transitive property doesn't always work, but the Vikings gave the Patriots all they wanted defensively. And Patriots were, the Patriots were actually better offensively than we expected. But I, I rewatched that game this morning and did a little bit of film study. You might've saw the tweet that I sent out um, about double coverage because I really wanted to watch the Patriots Vikings game from the coaches film angle because I wanted to know or get a feel for how the Patriots going to go after Stefan Diggs, because I think that matters a lot. And it seemed like the Pats played. It looked to me like they played more zone than they normally do. However, I looked at their year averages and it's about the same amount of zone. It just seemed like in the situations where I expect them to play man, they played a lot more zone and they, whenever they play man, they tried to double team. Um, uh, Justin Jefferson, which I'm fine with, but if you saw the the clip, they double teamed him in the wrong way. So they did an outside bracket double team, which like is fine if you're going up against. And we've had this conversation before. If you're going up against a chain mover, uh, slot shifty guy, like a classic Patriot slot receiver, those guys aren't running deep routes. They're running option routes and they're running stuff inside. And I might even say. Bracket's not terrible, and this is – I'll save this for later. But anyway, they bracket outside, one guy's outside, one guy's inside. The reason why I hate that is because the point of a double team is to take pressure off of your DBs mm -hmm. and to say, all right, well, we'll take care of this for you. So all you have to worry about is this. So the concept is, all right, this guy will take care of the inside, you take care of the outside. All you have to worry about is the outside or the inside. But in actuality, you both still have to worry about deep. So you yeah. still you either compromise yourself by sitting low so you can cover the outside or inside or you compromise your inside outside leverage by playing deep. So generally, I like with fast guys, I like high low double teams where you play it like two man press coverage aggressive underneath everything and just have the corner take that away and have the safety help them because Justin Jefferson ran through those double. He just split the double teams and Stefan Diggs is that same similar type of talent that he's shifty enough that you might think, all right, an inside-outside double team would be good, but he's a legitimate deep threat with the speed that's like, all right, you want inside-outside me, then I'll just run past you for a 30-yard gain. So the thing that I, that I held on to, because it's kind of crazy, but I don't hate the inside-outside double team, the bracket double team against Tyreek Hill at the Chiefs. Right. And it's only because they majored in those like horizontal go routes, I think is what I would call them, is they were over routes, but he was so damn fast 
that they turned into go routes. And so it gives you a head start. But if you do that a lot, what happens to you is like what happened to the 49ers in the championship game is you over cover that and he cuts back the other direction and he's going to be just as open. So flag football play at that point. Yeah. Yeah. There's no perfect answer for these type of receivers, but the Patriots don't do that. And on on third down, I guess I get it because you're like, all right, they're going to go to the sticks on third down. They're not going to try to blow the top off of this, but it looked to me like a guy like Justin Jefferson has the ability to convert. And I would assume that Diggs has the same thing. Right. And so I have a couple, I think looking at the bills is going to be more interesting than looking at the Patriots. I think we, we sort of know what the Patriots are, even though we got the best Mac Jones game of the season last week against the Vikings. I think we know that they're, they're somewhat limited right now. They're, they're in that group that has major flaws before they can uh, become a contender again. But first question I have is what do you expect Josh Allen to look like in this game? And I, I not like a, right. don't predict the stat line, but I'm saying, do you think yeah, he's yeah. going to incrementally get better or worse against a defense like this? Because right now he's been sort of, in my mind, he's been sort of stagnating at someone who's 90% of what he was earlier in the season, which still makes him better than almost everyone other than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So I, I'm stealing this thought from some quarterback. I don't remember who said it, but I heard a quarterback saying how this injury could could be more difficult on the short and intermediate accuracy than it is on the deep stuff. And I'm not exactly sure the physics of it all, but just letting it rip doesn't hurt as much as like trying to be accurate and put some touch on it. And and it like that seems to pan out when you look at the way that Josh is playing is like overthrowing checkdowns and missing uh, like tight end routes, but then darting a seam and clutch moments. So I guess I expect to see more of that. Uh, the decision-making is this the Josh Allen decision-making? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how to, how to like, cause it, it feels like, we are focusing on the decision-making some, but the decision-making hasn't changed. It's just the results has, have changed a little bit. You know, we've talked about it a bunch before. He throws interceptable balls. They just don't always get intercepted. And so I guess I I expect more of the same. Like, I don't expect to see him to, to be much different than we've seen for, for the past few weeks since the UCL injury popped up, is struggling on the short to intermediate stuff, darting downfield, but being good enough with his um, running ability and athleticism to like move the offense and score enough points. This um, the superpower, I guess, for this Patriots defense. And that's why that clip jumped out to me of them running through the double teams. The superpower of this Patriots defense is their flexibility and their intelligence um, and, and Judon. And they have young corners. I think one of their corners, the Jones boys, Jack is still playing. He's the better one, right? And Marcus, I think, is a little hurt, who's not as as good. And so they're going to have to put Jalen Mills in there and uh, figure some things out. So I don't think I'm, – I'm not – Gabe Davis had has had big games. Been super but, up and down. Been disappointing for the last month or so. That's the point is the answer, and I think Jalen Mills – may not be up for the job, but I know traditionally we see um, Belichick teams when there's a top receiver, put his best corner on the bad receiver and put uh, and double team the other receiver. 
I'm not sure that you can do that with Jalen Mills as a corner and with Gabe Davis as a receiver, because Gabe Davis is a type, which I think is more suited for Jalen Mills than Jack Jones because of size and physicality. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's probably a waste of time me trying to predict the Belichick scheme as much as it's just looking at matchups and the Dawkins injury tackle offensive line is important because Judon for the past couple of years, since he's been with the Patriots has been a problem. So figuring out an answer there and I don't losing Vaughn Miller and Gregory Rousseau, like injuries hampering his ability matters a lot for the bills defense, but not yes. this week. The, the three things I'm really interested in seeing are mm-hmm. one, if the bills, if the bills can score in the, in the red zone, because that's like the one area their offense has really struggled this year. And if they can do that against a very good defense, that's going to be well-prepared in the Patriots. That's going to be a very encouraging sign, even though they sort of own this team uh, Two, I want to see the bills defense basically with a banged up secondary, and not as good of a pass rush. I want to see how Belichick handles that. And if he lets Mac Jones throw the ball downfield, which is something he hadn't done until last week. But if Belichick sees that as a weakness, that's probably something to to notice. And also if Ramondre runs all over that team, which yeah. might be what they want, that's yeah. could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the best strategy mm-hmm. for all the reasons, not just for like strengths and weaknesses, but I guess the injuries to the, Bill secondary and Trey white coming back off of ACL. It's not going to be Trey white of all yet. Maybe that makes sense, but they want to shorten this game. They want to keep the clock running. They want to do that against most teams, teams that don't have a quarterback that uh, can go crazy. They, I wonder if, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I wonder how, they definitely want to force Josh Allen to have to pick you apart all the way down the field. I I feel like they might welcome those opportunities because I think they believe that they can create turnovers and I don't know. Offensively, they're definitely going to run the hell out of the ball on the other side. I, I think they're just going to probably they play. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rambling because I'm trying to talk myself through the right answer, which I can't really predict, but they play more aggressively in the secondary and on defense, then I think that a lot of teams play. It's not as much too high on early downs. And right. maybe they'll maybe they'll do even when they do play zone, it's more cover three. Sometimes it's cover four, but it's not very much from my watching, it's not very much cover two, which I kind of feel like is what you want to do to force him to check it down. So yeah, we'll see that I don't see them changing very much. They'll just challenge him and challenge him to be accurate with a bum elbow. I really hope that somehow the Patriots get an early turnover touchdown and we see a zero pass attempt game from them. Um, it's distinctly possible <laughs> after last year with Max two for three. Um, that would be the ideal. That'd be the most fun outcome. <laughs> not not as it's going, but afterwards to laugh at. So well, um, it would be it would be like the Team USA game. Like we'd be at yeah. the edge of our seats. Like we're, we're, at, we're, we're six minutes left in the fourth quarter and every snap we'd be like, don't pass the ball. Don't pass the ball. Don't pass the ball. There's some really good athletes on that team. Like I, I like most of us show up to watch USA soccer uh, every four years and like have always kind of like tacitly accepted the idea that our best athletes do other things. 
And if our best athletes played football, we'd be the best in the world. But that ain't the problem. I mean, I guess maybe they could be more technically coordinated. And I'm sure that there are some guys in other sports that are better athletes than some of the guys that are on that team. But they do not look outmatched. They look like they outmatch. I mean, even England, like they were running with Rashford. They were running with those guys. And it just like, I don't know. No, I'm with it's you. a bit of a tangent, a little footy, footy football tangent. But I, I've, I was watching that game like, no, those are corners out there. Like I, I recognize a cornerback when I see one. And those guys have the agility and speed of like legitimate. Had they been in a different situation, uh, they could have been receivers and corners and all the things that we say that uh, USA soccer doesn't have. It's I mean, right now, the issues with technical development, not athleticism yeah. in the US. Like it's like we need more soccer players who grow up and there are multiple ways to do it. It's not like we yeah. it's not like you just have to you know, be like Ajax and do total football where everyone grows up playing every position and they're skilled in certain ways. You can be like Brazil where it's through pickup soccer and say, and beach soccer and playing on different services. You can be like France where they play like three on three, four and four, five on five. So it's like short area players like Mbappe. Um, We'll get there. But the fact that we have the athletes is the start. Mbappe is sick. And also like every year of the world cup, I'm like driven to when I see the European teams have success, I'm, driven to like figure out where all the black players came from. Like, I know that there are sometimes African immigrant families in there, but Mm -hmm. there's also like, I'm sure you know this better than me. There's like, like there's cherry picking that takes place where it's like, all right, we got some good athletes. We're fine. We'll bring them up because it it, it doesn't always match up with the fans. Did you see the B the BBC um, tweet scandal? You may not have saw it. So they won a game. They put one of their white players up on Twitter and like people, fans in the BBC retweeted it. It was like, see, if we lose or draw, I bet you they put soccer up there. Then, of course, they drew and the BBC put up a tweet of them drawing and put soccer lunging and missing the ball. It's like, ah, <laughs> man, good old racism in the heart. Oh, boy. Not great. Not great. But Netherlands going to whoop their <laughs> Can't wait for that one. We'll get there. It's in our bets. Um, and yeah, we'll, oh, at oh, some cool. point, at some point in our, uh, in our off season, we'll talk about uh, like the way that one of my dream 30 for thirties are small podcast documentaries is how they started developing uh, fun soccer players in Paris about 10 years ago. Oh. We could do an entire podcast episode of, on that at some point. I watched Mbappe versus, um, or well, France versus Tunisia and like Mbappe didn't come in until the end. And I, <sighs> Special players, man. I just like special players. Like guys that you drop in there is like, oh, he's different. <laughs> and he's that guy where he's like, oh, if I never, if I didn't know who he was and you just dropping in there, it's like, oh, he's just like a hair faster, a hair quicker, a hair more creative than everybody out there. And we don't have that. Like I, I want the Brazilian model where we play it's, on the streets and get creative and beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. And Bappe, is going to end up being the all-time leading scorer in the World Cup, which is crazy to say now, but when he has seven goals already and he's at 23, it seems inevitable at this point with how good that team is and how many games they're going to win. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week, the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish, shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, let's do some bets. You, should we pick? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you'll say the Bills are going to win. I assume the Bills are going to win. So there's not. The, I think the, I think the Bills are going to win this game. I would right, be cool. like they they can't mess around anymore. That's the other part about it. Like they're the five seed right now. They can't drop games and they can't drop games to the Patriots. Um. All right. So do you, the first question, do you want to bet in that game? Do you want to bet on the Bills minus four over the Pats? Hmm. They're going to try to slow it down. Josh Allen is up and down, but it's a primetime Thursday night game. <sighs> you think the Bills will beat them by more than a touchdown? I mean, by more than more than four? I don't know. Because I, I don't feel confident betting on the Patriots keeping it close. So let's move, let's move it on. Uh, okay. First one chiefs minus one and a half at the Bengals. I know the Bengals are very good and this game is on the road, but like if you're within a field goal and taking Patrick Mahomes every single time, and this is another team that wants to definitely get the one seed right now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right now. The line is that the chiefs will only win by chiefs are one. Yeah. They're one and a half point favorites. Oh yeah. Give me that. I'll take it. This is, and that's an interesting game to me because both teams seem to be peaking right now. 
we gotta uh, before we go into the next bet, we gotta be honest with the people. Like we were on a hot streak at the beginning of the season. Like we got to like four over fifth, four over five hundred at some point. Now we are one game under, so we need to come back. We're fifteen and sixteen on the year. We had a we've had a tough last two weeks. Over the last two weeks, we're two and six on our bets. But we're still positive in the money because we went with a bunch of units on the on the bets that won and smaller units on the bets that lost because we're smart gamblers that way. That's right. Uh, and to follow up on that Chiefs bet, this one odds are plus eight fifty on this, but. Same game parlay. Patrick Mahomes have 300 yards and Travis Kelsey have two or more touchdowns. Hell no. I mean, that's that's so hard. Two or more touchdowns to the guy that has two or more touchdowns every week. Yeah, it just feels unlikely. <laughs> a, a good, smart defense. Yeah, keep it moving. Um, the next one I have for you, the Commanders minus one and a half at the Giants. This is probably the game for the wild card between these two mm. teams. Uh, the Commanders are playing a lot better yeah. right now even with uh, the fighting Heineke's at quarterback and on offense. They're playing a lot better. Uh, betting on the commanders is tough. Um, I like it, though. It's just it's almost a pick em. I do think the commanders are going to make the playoffs, and I think the Giants are going to fall short. This is a kitchen sink game, and uh, the commanders have more to throw before they get to the kitchen sink. Then I think the Giants have. So I think, yeah, let's go. Mandos, us two DC guys. Let's do it. Um, and th- I mean, this one's this one is somewhat interesting to me because I actually the commander's defense is playing really well. I don't see the Giants putting up a lot of points yeah. in this game. Like with Saquon's been a different guy since he hurt his shoulder. He's more than a yard and a half per carry less. I just don't see them doing this. The next one, um, road dogs, but the Dolphins are plus four against the 49ers, and I just think they're better. Hmm. Am I wrong to think that the Dolphins are just better than the 49ers right now? No, you're not wrong. I mean, the Dolphins have a great offense. The 49ers have a great defense and a lot of great players on offense. Um, Yeah, the 49ers offense is just so unreliable to me right now. I hate this bet, honestly. We don't have to do it. It could be a stay away. What would you suggest? You suggest the Dolphins because they're getting four points. Um, what I, I honestly, I put this one in because I thought it was the most interesting yeah. game, and you could go either okay. Um, and I think it's worth worth talking about for a second. If we game mm-hmm. this out, what do you think the likely outcome of this? Forty Niners is win. a shootout. Is Kyle Shan okay? If you think it's the Forty Niners, or if you think the Forty Niners are going to win this game, then we should absolutely stay away because. It could so unless you think they're going to win by more than no 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 I think the Forty Nine ers will win but I I think it won't be yeah I like this bet let's go Dolphins because this way we got this is yeah if the Dolphins lose by less than four we're good right right and if they win we're good that's right yeah I like it let's go Dolphins okay we're in on the we're in on the fins okay the next two I've got. I know you aren't going to pick against your man, Jeff Saturday, too much, even though he killed us last week. But let's just get it out of the way, even though it's bad odds. We're taking the Cowboys money line. They're beating the Colts. Hell no. We're taking we're taking the Colts plus 11. They won't lose by 11. We're taking both. We're taking the okay. Colts by 11, and we're taking the Cowboys money line. The Cowboys are going to win, but not by 11. I'm with it. Okay. I like it. The next one we got, I'm, I'm fascinated by this one. Seahawks are minus seven at the Rams. And like the Rams are 
Bryce Perkins might be playing again. This team is really bad. They're getting blown out every single week. How do we feel about this game? <sighs> Seahawks defense was a shambles last Terrible. week against um against the Raiders. I don't like it. We got the Seahawks winning by seven or more. Yeah, I don't like it. All right, we're dumping that bet. Um, that's Rams fans. That's not a show of faith in the Rams. That's about the Seahawks defense. <laughs> no, 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 no. Y'all still stink. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one, Broncos Ravens, the under at 38 and a half. That's an incredibly low under, incredibly yeah. low under. But we know the Broncos aren't getting to 18. That's a fact. Based on what we've seen all season, they're not getting to 18. Can Lamar and the Ravens get to 21? Yeah. Is the question. Uh, yeah, let's bet over. Over? Okay. Yeah, right? I mean. We're locking in the over. No, never mind. I, I'm fine with it because this is incredibly low. In an NFL game, 38 and a half points is an incredibly low over under. They're daring us. Yeah. It's in Baltimore too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We can stay away. We can say, I'll put that. This is with the Bills and the Pats as things we're going to revisit at the end of this. Okay. 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 In the next one, the last one, which I'm not taking no for an answer on, we have to do it. USA over the Netherlands plus 175. We're taking the, the USA money line. I believe that we will win. Yep. Okay. And now we have to hammer down on these last two. Do we want the Broncos and the Ravens over 38 and a half? Or do we want to stay away from it entirely? We've been getting killed by Russell Wilson. Last week, we just bet on Russell Wilson to even beat Sam Darnold, and he could not. Their defense is really good. Mm-hmm. And the Ravens' offense is not as good as I'd like it to be. <sighs> yeah, they're begging us to take the over. We are going to make you pick. You pick. You're part stay of this. away. If we can't okay. do it, we have to stay away. Right. Sorry, right. Broncos, away. Ravens. That's probably smart. And then do we want the Bills minus four at the Pats? Do we think they're going to beat them by more than a touchdown? And the other thing is, do we want to, we can take some reduced odds. We can do an alternate line. Uh, you're confusing me now. We can, we have to give a little bit of money back, but should we take okay. the, the Patriots at minus three? The odds will be, or sorry, the Bills at minus three. The odds will be much, much worse. Yeah, I don't know. I'm confused. Let's just keep it at this negative four, this minus four in line right here because I don't understand all this betting stuff. I need a betting book. We're taking the Bills minus four. Should we lock in these bets? Lock them in. Okay, so we're going to lock in the Chiefs minus one and a half at the Bengals, the Commanders minus one and a half at the Giants, the Dolphins plus four at the 49ers. All right, before we go, before we go, so the we can buy more points is what you're saying. Yeah. So like we can just we just get less back if we yeah. add more points to it. Okay. Mm, yeah, I don't like it. It's too complicated. We'll go Bills minus four. Let's do it. Okay. Dolphins plus four at the 49ers. Bills minus four at the Pats. Colts plus eleven at the Cowboys, but the Cowboys money line and the money line of US men's national team to beat the Netherlands. Those are our bets. Seven bets. Big week for us. All right. I appreciate you, Charlie. Uh Christina Buslow, you're the best. Sarah Abbott, you too. Addie Khan, even more amazing. Thank you guys. Oh, and Mina, thanks for showing up, Mina. You're really the best. Actually, I'm the best. Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.